0: Hello everybody and welcome to episode 5 of STCG Talks. On today's episode we have Mel Coleman. Mel is Head of Quality, CPD and TLA at the South Thames Colleges Group. I've been working closely with Mel exploring new and innovative ways we can enhance teaching and learning across the college group. In today's episode, we talk about the pandemic, how we tackled online learning and online CPD training for staff, and also focus on our top five online learning tools. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to STCG Talks, episode five, something a little bit different this time. Um, I'm joined by my colleague, Mel Coleman. Hi, Mel. Hello. Hello. And we want to switch up a little bit because we've had some really interesting content from um, college leaders. Um, from a consultant was Julie Sinclair in the last episode. But today is going to be a bit different because we're going to look at things that we found useful. So I say things talking about online uh, learning tools during the pandemic and and beyond. Uh, Even now we're using these. We're going to do a little kind of top five in no particular order. It doesn't mean it's better or worse. It's just basically what we've used during the pandemic to help us uh, and things we're recommending now. But before we go into it. Mel, do you want to give us a little bit of background about you?
1: Um, yeah, okay. So I started teaching in two thousand and seven, which feels like uh ages ago. Um my background is um animal behavioural welfare. So that's what I have my degree and my master's in. And um I decided I wanted to teach and um got my first job at um South Essex College, which is now I think they're just it's just called um Essex College Group, I'm not quite sure. Um, Southend, dipped my toes in and absolutely loved it. So um, moved around a few different land-based colleges, teaching animal management, quickly progressed to being a manager, um, like a head of school. And I was a head of school at a couple of different colleges. And my favourite bit of that was quality. Um, possibly because I'm sad and a bit of a <laughs> pedant I don't know um, and I really wanted to get into quality there were no opportunities at my current workplace and the job came up at what was then KSEP the federation between Kingston and Carshalton pre the big merger to make us STCG um, so I became head of quality um and then when we merged um susan my my other half as i call her uh, the other head of quality we kind of split our roles into the bits that we prefer um so i'm head of quality tla and cpd um and since the pandemic that also has uh, digital in it now um so yeah, like I love teaching and learning. Um the C P D bit, I, I really enjoy trying to help people develop. I guess it's teaching but not teaching. Um and yeah, I just I love it and I love that I've been able to kind of almost focus the quality into the bit I like because luckily Susan likes data more than I do. <laughs> yeah, it's,
0: pretty, <laughs> it's pretty lucky then really, isn't it? Yeah, you've kind of um you've you've, you've got you've fallen in feet with that one. It's, um yeah. it's an interesting role. Um and obviously You know, when, even before the pandemic, you know, we we were trying new things out. You were encouraging um, kind of more innovative ways of using digital in the classroom. Um, I don't really think there was ever a point where I I emailed you about certain things and it wasn't a point where you thought, let's not do it. We tried everything, didn't we, really?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think... I've always liked using digital in the classroom. Hmm. Even when I when I taught in land based, which you think of as you know, it's outdoorsy, um, not really that technical. But actually, you know, I encourage the students to use their phones take photos, videos. I used um, stuff like um, it was Triptico, was like an online um, game sort of gamification quiz thing i used something called clickers where you scanned qr codes back when people didn't know what qr codes were so i I was always trying stuff out and i think then when you started going can i do this can i do this i was just like yeah go like try what you like
0: Hmm. yeah i mean it's i suppose that's what you want to hear though when you do that kind of stuff you've got to try out stuff and just go go for it i mean we had a really good I say really good it was in its infancy i suppose with the vr and ar stuff um
1: yeah you were trying that out and to be honest i was really quite jealous you know <laughs> um i was like I want to be doing that um i think the ability to you know go inside places visit other places i find them quite disorientating i almost fall over because my yeah. balance is not so great but yeah. um I think it's really cool, you know, the idea, particularly because I used to teach a lot of science, the idea that you can, like, go inside a cell or go inside the human body, mm. uh, particularly when you're teaching something to students where, yes, we'd have microscopes, but they can't necessarily wrap their head around, like, the structure of a cell in a, in a 3D context. Yeah. Um, to go inside it is is really cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's what actually when we started, um, working with, um, AR and VR, and for those of you who don't know what AR and VR is, augmented reality, virtual reality, augmented reality places objects in the real world. Um, so via a mobile device or a tablet or whatever, uh, virtual reality is is placing you in in a virtual world, as Mel said, so you could be anywhere in the world. Um, I quite like going to Rome when I was uh, (laughs) sitting (laughs) in my office board just for a little visit. Um, so yeah, we, we started trying that. That was a really exciting time. And, um, then, then the pandemic hit, um, but luckily, I think for us, because we understand a lot of the digital technologies, we've grown up in a generation where we had, we've used it quite a lot. Um, you know, where of the, we've been using mobile phones for a very long time, um, the internet, whatever. You know, all those kind of bits and bobs, apps, etc. So for us, it'll be it, it was easier to adapt to transforming. TLA into a digital format I suppose. Um yeah,
1: I think so. I think you know you and I are of a similar age and it was, you know, analog youth and then digital kind of teens. Although mm. I did see an article today from the Guardian that apparently I'm classed as a geriatric millennial now. All oh, right. Quite sure how I feel about that. Wow. Um, <laughs> but I think yeah, we are a lucky generation in that you know started using the internet, I guess as I was finishing sixth form and going to university, but it was still very much dial up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I still had to go and get physical journals, um, cause not everything was online. So, mm. um, perhaps not as young as people think I am, but I think we, you and I, I think we're both kind of, we want to try stuff exactly. and, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, I think sometimes what puts people off trying is that fear of failure mm. or fear of embarrassing themselves in front of the students. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. actually I think it, it has a humanizing element because if the students are struggling with something, you know, I think as well particularly with the pandemic, they've just appreciated everything that the teachers have done and the teachers have tried. And if the teachers are honest and go this is this is new to me but I'm giving it a go for you guys. Yeah. You know, and if the students don't like it, you go, okay, didn't like that, put it away. It can happen with practical tasks as well.
0: Mm. I think there's always the assumption as well that, um, and sometimes, you know, you can't fault people for assuming that students know everything about digital technologies and online learning tools, which 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 they don't. So I think the fear of failure comes from trying something, thinking, oh, no, they're going to think I'm silly. But actually, the students have probably never seen something um, like Nearpod, which we're going to talk about. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's getting over that. that that barrier and actually realising it's new to everyone. Um, So let's look at, I suppose, before we do a rundown, we used a lot of different online learning tools to get to the point where we knew there were kind of ones that worked and ones that actually staff members and the students enjoyed using. The initial one, I suppose, that we should touch upon and talk about, and the main one, is Microsoft Teams. So do you want to kind of go into the, the journey into Teams for us?
1: Um, yeah. So when lockdown happened, we necessarily didn't have a, a college system. I know some some colleges were a bit ahead and, and had one in place, hmm. but we didn't have one. Weirdly, we had just started talking about Teams because Andrew, one of our colleagues, had said it'd be a quite good way to communicate. And so... Um, Uh, Our dear departed ILT manager, Mark, Mm. kindly set us up uh, a TLC team, um, which was the four of us, you, me, Andrew and Bernadette, and we started using it. But we were also trying out Google Classroom, Mm. Zoom. I think some teachers were using Discord. It really was just a big sort of hodgepodge. But then the college group sat down and, and looked at the options and Zoom was very cost prohibitive. We were already a Microsoft college. We already had a contract with Microsoft that had Teams included. So the decision was was made, well, we're already Microsoft. We already use all these Microsoft applications. We're already paying for Teams essentially. So it's not an additional cost. Um, so then we set about trying to train staff on teams which has certainly been a journey i think at one point you felt like you were working for microsoft (laughs) um but the i definitely think this most recent lockdown the the change in staff you know everyone's a bit more confident and the questions they were asking were a lot more nuanced Mm -hmm. about you know it wasn't just how to do the basics it was actually more more in-depth stuff with Teams so i think everyone got to a point where they're a bit more confident with it um and i personally really like Teams mm-hmm. i know there are some people that think zoom is better and and zoom is a really good video conferencing platform yeah but that's all it does and i think if you if you're comparing uh Teams and Zoom you're missing all the other things that Teams does that Zoom doesn't do Mm-hmm. um and i know that in industry a lot of businesses use teams yeah you know they use teams for communication um you know colleagues at universities they're using teams and big big companies and actually it's something good that the students can put on their cv yeah they definitely. know how to work yeah with teams. yeah
0: that is, I mean, Teams. I saw an advert this morning. Actually, it was um, the barista one. You know, where they're trying coffee via Teams. Maybe, oh yeah, laugh the actually. advert.
1: Yeah, <laughs> God, that's on all the time. <laughs> yeah, and the, yeah. the other one. What's the other one? Oh, Hasbro with Monopoly. That's
0: it, Monopoly one. Yeah. yeah. Which like, I'm thinking, does it? Can you do that via Teams? Maybe, maybe you can. Could, could be endless. <laughs> Possibilities could be endless on Teams. I suppose we're not sponsored by Microsoft, but if you're you're feeling feeling, you know, like generous Microsoft, you could sponsor us as a podcast. <laughs>
1: I wouldn't, I wouldn't,
0: you know, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Um So yeah, so Teams, uh, we we decided upon as our main delivery platform for remote learning, uh, and then then comes the issue where you have these the staff members who are getting more and more confident, which is fantastic, and they want to try out some new stuff. And it's looking at things: how can we integrate other online platforms within Teams to make the learning process or the teaching process as well as the learning process more enjoyable for the teacher and student, uh, and not just kind of boring chalk and talk stuff. So. Um, a couple of online platforms that we looked at um we'll talk about now um I think maybe let's let's touch upon um Padlet to start with because we that's something later on wasn't it that you started using
1: yeah so Padlet I was approached by uh the ESOL team at Kingston and they were like can you do some training on Padlet and and I'd heard of Padlet I was aware of it but I'd never really used it um but luckily they were asking me for like a couple of months away so I was like yeah, okay, I can run some training on this and and went and taught myself how to use Padlet. And um, actually I ended up using it um, as part of an assessment on a course that I recently did with the Open University and I've used it in training and when I've used it, I've actually had staff come back to me and say, I'm going to use this. Um, I made a video and had some lovely feedback on that as well.
0: So what does Padlet do then for anyone who doesn't know? What, what is what is Padlet?
1: So essentially you give the learners a link and it's like a collaboration board. So think about where you use the whiteboard and get everyone to collaborate on the whiteboard. But you can post images, you can post videos, you can post voice notes, you can post links So rather than just getting everyone to kind of write down their thoughts, which you can do on on a board, um, you can have them put photos or they could post short videos. So it could be, you know, pronunciation for ESOL or finding an example of a type of art for art students and posting it. And it's very visual. And Mm. it's then this living online sort of notice board. It's kind of like Pinterest. Mm-hmm. but with m- more people collaborating and you set up a board for a particular purpose. Yeah. So um I really like it as like a plenary or a starter just kind of quick. Um it's really easy to use you can use it on your phone. Um yeah. you are only limited to 3 boards using the free version. Yeah. Um but to be honest I then just archive a board
0: mm-hmm. and
1: and start a new one. Um I think the cost to have unlimited is about eight pound a month something like okay.
0: that which could um, be a good investment couldn't it if, if someone liked it and yeah i think if they
1: really liked it and the learners really liked it it might be a good investment for like a team one or something yeah um but yeah i really like it I, I quite like visual colorful things yeah so for me i really like it over and above a whiteboard
0: oh yeah and it'd appeal it appeal to a lot of people a lot of learners and a lot of uh, teachers as well so yeah that's um Padlet. So, those of you who are listening, you've never even heard of Padlet. P A D, Pad, and then Let. L E T. Um, I think is it padlet.com. Yeah, possibly?
1: it's padlet.com. Yeah, and okay. it's all very like it's it's all very cute. You know, it's like, we are beautiful. And, and when you start a Padlet, it automatically names it and then you rename it. And it'll be like, my impressive Padlet, my beautiful Padlet, <laughs> my fabulous Padlet.
0: It's nice. nice. No, it's, it's a really cool, it's a really cool tool. I was seeing, seeing it being used um, in some of your training sessions. It was, uh, yeah, it's nice to see these tools actually coming to the forefront because they're usually like the the kind of um, second in command, aren't they, in the classroom? You, you But actually, they're, they're the main thing, really, for, for the lessons I've seen that have been really good online. Um, one of the key ones. So I suppose, one of the most popular ones for me, especially for training sessions was was Nearpod. So those of you who don't know what Nearpod is, um, in fact, I better spell it because sometimes my pronunciation isn't great. So near n e a r pod pod. So nearpod.com. And in essentially can convert your PowerPoint presentations into really interactive and fun Teaching tool, so you can have different content in there, like three D images, three sixty degree um, photos, videos. You can have collaboration boards in there for activities. You can have quizzes built in, polls. There's so much going on in Nearpod. Um, and when I first started using it, was a couple of well, two or three years ago, properly. Um I think it was when actually when Sheila came in, she reminded me of it, Sheila Thorpe.
1: It was oh, yeah. at Chichester.
0: Um and I was like, oh yeah, gosh, you just, let's dig that back out again. And you know, it's it's incredible. For a, for a free online teaching tool, I think it's like one of the best out there. Just purely for the amount you can do with it. Oh yeah. Um but it's also developed it a has, lot. yeah. I mean you used it previously, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I used it back when I was teaching on a degree. And God, quite a long time ago, but it really was just kind of the students would have the PowerPoint kind of on their phones Mm. or on their laptops and they could follow through and then we could kind of annotate slides. It wasn't as in depth as it is now. So when you started using it and were like, look at this, I was like, really? And then I started looking at it and I was like, oh, wow, it is completely different from when I used it.
0: It's quite hard to get across isn't it on a, on a podcast the things you can actually do on there. We have got videos <laughs> yeah. on um, we've got a YouTube YouTube channel T, um, TLA team if you type that in there's one on Nearpod that I've done on there. There's quite there's lots on there that we've both done. Um but for for Nearpod um some of the key things you can do on there. So for example if you were teaching I don't know biology you know looking at the the human heart or whatever um they have a um a, a 3D heart image which you can rotate on your computer screen but also Every individual person who has access to your Nearpod or that slide that you're teaching can fully rotate and manipulate that heart on their individual screens, which is a really cool feature. And the same for uh, the activities and the content. So for online teaching, it was brilliant. Teachers got really excited about it. But also you can still use this in the classroom because they can use it, as you said, on their mobile phones. And we like mobile phones in the classroom, don't we? So it's like... On, I really like
1: the um, there's something on it called collaborate and mm. it's kind of like putting post-its on the board and you can do it anonymous or not anonymous. So it's a really nice way, particularly as a starter to go, what is your prior knowledge or do you have any questions? Mm. And rather than the students having to like write on a post-it and come and stick it on the board, um, possibly show, you know, they might ask questions that maybe they'd be embarrassed to ask in front of the class. Mm. And So you can do it anonymously and what I really like about um, Nearpod as well, because when you're teaching on Teams and the students have got their camera off and their mic off, how do you know that they're engaging? How do you know that they are actually listening and they're not just, you know, got you in the background while they're playing Minecraft or something? Mm. And, you know, with, with Nearpod, you can see how many students are actively logged in And then you can see how many are answering questions or engaging in a task. Yeah. So I think that is really useful for teachers. I I really do. And then Um, you can
0: store it. You can. um, The good thing about those those collaboration boards or uh, a lot of the actual um, uh, activity based things in there because there's two sections of the content and the activity sections you can add into your um, presentations on the. Uh, activity sections, you can actually have a, sh- there's actually a share button. So you can share that collaborate board. And that, and as Mel mentioned, it's like sticking post-its on the board, but they, these post-its are endless. So you're not wasting paper. That collaborate board can go on for as long as you want it to go on for stored via a link. Um So you're not taking up much space. Uh, and then they can refer to that for, for notes of discussion, etc. Anonymous features. Great. Yeah. Nearpod. Brilliant. Again, not sponsored by Nearpod. <laughs> if Nearpod want to sponsor us, <laughs> you have to speak to microsoft first <laughs> to be but fair like,
1: your video that you did on using nearpod in teams on our youtube channel you were getting hits from all over the world weren't you yeah yeah
0: yeah you got it's thousands like five, of views yeah, i think it's five thousand views now yeah some some cool stuff on there on our youtube channel so, so check it out um that's that's kind of where we posted most of our things um again something like quizzes which is like a, um, a formative assessment tool again we can be, be used on students mobile phones in the classroom uh and and remotely um loads of quizzes on there there's a teleport function where you can create your own quiz from from thousands or well, hundreds of thousands of quizzes online you can just drag them all in and create the super quiz um there's a video on that on there as well so a lot of our videos this this is like a lovely little seg is it segway the right word when you go into yeah, segway, yeah, brilliant. yeah. brilliant yeah lovely little segue going into screencast screencast um screencast recording tool. You got me into that. So do you want to explain about screencast o Uh
1: yeah, Screencast matic was brought to my attention actually by a colleague from Chichester College. Um so I was involved in a project with the ETF, um something called A, a Trips, um which was T level, was not about travelling, um like taking students on residential trips. Um and um this this uh, colleague Lucy, she was trying out ways to launch assessments to learners. And what she started doing, because, you know, you launch an assignment in a lesson and then you get lots of questions from the students and then they'll constantly be coming back to you, I don't understand, you know. So what she did was she actually did a video recording of her explaining the assignment and what the students needed to do using Screencast-O-Matic and uploaded it onto their VLE and so if the students were like, I've got questions, she could just direct them to the video. Um, and it was quite cool because she ended up getting a lot less referrals because they understood it the first time around because they could go back and rewatch the video. And she said to me, it's a really cool tool. So when lockdown happened and I realized that we needed to demonstrate stuff to teachers, um, Screencast-o-matic was popped into my brain. Um, it has a free tool for, like, 15-minute videos. So the first few videos, we did that. Then quickly, we realized we might need to make longer videos. And I think both you and I signed up for kind of private um, enhanced accounts. Um, it's not and much, though.
0: It's about a pound a month, I think it was. Yeah, One it's, pound, it's yeah. not
1: much. And since then, I've learned to edit, which... Um, I didn't know how to do before. And I think this is something really interesting to point out. I think a lot of people think I'm really techie. <laughs> I didn't know how to do half this stuff before the lockdown. Obviously you have a background in, in music. So you know a bit more about editing than me. Yeah, I'd never edited before like last probably May. Yeah. Um, and now I edit videos and you know, I add in music and put overlays and all sorts of things. um, So yeah, we started using it and I think it really helped particularly for certain tools like Teams where you're explaining it, but when you're delivering, you are limited on what you can do and you're not seeing the user's experience. So actually kind of making a a point of view video um, of of certain things like Teams, for example, like sharing your screen, people would go to us, can you show us how to share the screen? And you're like, I can't because I'm already sharing my screen. <laughs> <laughs> That's a classic, wasn't it? Yeah, I love that, yeah. Um, so, you know, making these videos, and I think we've done it for, for so much. Mm. Um, it's really been worthwhile, I think, personally paying for, for my account. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think for things like launching assignments, it could be really, really useful for teachers so they don't have to keep going over the same questions. They can direct learners to videos the learners can watch those videos in their own time. Yeah. But also possibly for feedback, you know, um, research definitely shows that learners prefer verbal over written feedback Yeah. and having a video where they can sort of see, you know, you might be highlighting your cursor, showing them what you're talking about whilst you go, this sentence is, you know, needs grammatical changes or this paragraph's really nice. You've done X, Y, and Z. And, um, I know from chatting to colleagues at um, BCC, Basingstoke College of Technology, they've done this type of thing with with video and and recorded feedback to learners, and they found that the learners go back to it sort of twenty times in some cases to rewatch that video.
0: Yeah, because you get the stats, don't you? You get the, yeah. Uh, watch whereas,
1: you have written feedback, you know, on paper they shove in their backpack and probably never look at again. You know, written online, yes, they can print, but. If it's a video or a recording that they can listen to on the tube on the way home, I, I think it's just engaging with the different learning styles of students as well, because not everyone can take in that written feedback.
0: I think from a, all of these online quiz tools and things like screencasts for, for feedback, and even we'll probably touch on another episode about using QR codes, not only is it a more efficient way of doing those types of things, but also, it's an environmentally friendly way as well. We need to be more conscious of the fact that the paper we waste, that, as you say, gets shoved in the backpack and probably just then put in the bin. Um, having a link to a video or an audio file, so much more efficient and can be listened to or rewatched because we've got to tap in to what students are doing. I mean, I mean, what I'm doing as well, a lot of my content I consume is on my mobile phone in video or audio format.
1: Mm-hmm. Same.
0: So, you know, it's it's probably... About time and I, and I know we are as a college group now moving towards really tapping into that and we're going to be pretty up on it I reckon we'll be at the forefront eventually um doing this kind of stuff for our students I mean QR codes is exciting we're not going to touch upon that now but that is going to be an exciting way it's an old way don't get me wrong people listen going, oh QR codes I remember those? <laughs>
1: yeah
0: I remember them too <laughs> but it's they're still they're still relevant uh, as you saw in the pandemic a lot of you who are listening would have gone into a pub a bar a restaurant uh, any sort of uh, venue and scan the QR code to register that you've done that for track and trace, for example, or even opening a menu on a restaurant table.
1: I was going to say, I've ordered food um, in, in those lounge restaurants. You know, you, you, you log in with the QR code, you look at the menu, you order what you want, you pay for it. And then the food just appears on your table, um, which feels inhuman, but at the moment, you know, it's actually quite nice because you don't have to touch anything other than your own device.
0: Also, yes, yeah, exactly. Again, it's just a, a, a safer way of doing it in the current current climate that we're we're in. But um, I did say we weren't going to touch upon QR codes, but we did anyway. Oh well. <laughs> um, but you know, it's it's an interesting, again, another interesting tool. Um, I think we're pretty better summarize now. We what we've spoken about. So we've had that the the top five things that we've spoken about. In this podcast that you should all go and check out, really. Um, depending on firstly, the, the platform that your organization are using, but we use Microsoft Teams. We love it. It's going to be, um, a big part of our organization to come and our teaching and learning as well. Um, we touched upon Padlet. Go and check it out. Padlet.com. I hope that's right. Yeah, <laughs> you said it is. So I'm pretty sure <laughs> I it is. I trust you. Um, uh, Nearpod. Brilliant. Quizzes. So spelled Q I Z I double Z. Quizzes. That's quizzes.com, brilliant for formative assessment. It's like literally one of my favourite tools as well. Uh, and the final one was screencast Although we do want to mention as well that Microsoft have their own screencasting, stream screen recording. Yeah,
1: stream. And and um that is the one that we have to use on site because obviously they don't want too many tools. Um I just don't personally like the editing.
0: No, the um, editing the, the editing function is not great. I'm sure they'll develop that when, when time yeah, comes. Yeah, there is a
1: new version meant to be coming soon.
0: Yeah, so that's um yeah Microsoft Stream worth looking at Microsoft Stream for creating your own little channels for curriculum areas. I was being, I've been doing some uh, filming some instructional videos with the catering department at one of our college sites, um, and it's a really good idea to engage future learners and current learners um so I, I learned a lot of different things like uh chopping or slicing techniques uh, Jardinier was a lovely uh, technique which, oh, I, nice. which i've been yeah i mean you know there's quite, there's quite a few on there the other day i was um I, lo- I was uh recording how to make short pastry and sweet pastry um so yeah it was very exciting but anyway create a stream channel go on there students can access it it's secure you have to use their login, et cetera. So it's not quite like YouTube, but very similar. Um, Cool. You know, anything else you want to say, Mel, before we round this one up?
1: Um, I mean, I think just maybe thinking about some of the, the applications that we are excited to try out. Um, I know you've been trying out ThingLink and you're really interested in doing more of that. I'm quite excited by Flipgrid. Mm -hmm. Um, We've just got access to play with that. And that is, um, you like pose a question, and then students can respond with little videos um mm-hmm. answering the question. So I think that could be um used to quite good effect. I'm gonna yeah, try and teach myself how to use it. Um another one's Wakelet that I haven't tried out much. I think it's quite like Padlet. Um, but there's just so much out there. And I think really, you know, obviously part of our job is to try it out and promote the ones that we know are good. But if anyone's got any ideas, something they've heard of, something that they want us to look at, just let us know because we're more than happy to to try it out and then go, yeah, this is good or it does the same as something we've already got. Um, But, yeah, it's been a really exciting time.
0: It's been great. And I think we're going to put a spoiler out there, but we've got some really cool stuff coming. So we'll be doing some tech reviews uh, in podcast format. This was fun. It's a nice welcome change, isn't it? Sometimes to have a bit of a, a fun chat about and geek out, I suppose is the word. Cool. Cheers, Mel. But thank you. Bye. That wraps up episode five of STCG Talks. As always, thanks so much for listening and tune in next time for episode six of STCG Talks. Take care and we'll speak soon.